listening to Ouija Bronze. This is Devin. This is Liz. Hi, Liz. Hi. What's up, bud? I was kind of excited for this one because I was picking what I would pair with yours, like so much wine, and asked yeah. you about how spooky it was. Or No, what did I say? How disturbing? Dis- I don't remember the terminology, but it was a... Zero is Linda Hazard slash Mark's Curse, and ten is Tag slash Dog Bark Park Inn. How lighthearted is yours? And you said it was like a four out of five because there's something with like a body and stuff the body did. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And that's helpful that it's about a dead body and things dead bodies do because I have a feeling people are kind of all over the place on that. So that's your heads up now, folks, that if that's going to be very distressing, whereas I find that stuff fascinating. Yeah. And I always have. If you're going to be squeamish, don't listen to this episode. But if you're like Liz and you can handle reading something the level of stiff, gross, Mm -hmm. this one's all for you because it is heavily featuring a dead body. That's the whole point of this episode is a dead body and the weird shit we do after we die yeah and i always find that very interesting both from the criminal perspective of being able to figure out who somebody was and what happened to them and maybe even who killed them if it was a murder (laughs) or you know what did they eat like when they find those caveman bodies and they're like oh you know and he ate grass and he had a healed arrow wound or whatever yeah our bodies carry all these stories with us through our lives, but then we leave them, and then they go on to another story, and I think that's cool, too. Liz, scars are souvenirs you never lose. And my stretch marks are my tiger stripes. (laughs) (laughs) How many other hashtag inspirational bullshit quotes can we fit in here? It's wine o'clock somewhere. Wine o'clock somewhere. (laughs) Mommy Uh, juice. I'm drinking mommy juice. Okay. But first, coffee. <laughs> if you like those quotes, we still like you. I'm just mm. not a fan personally. So a body. A body. Okay, first though, I should thank our patrons. You told me Ooh, to remember yeah, to that. thank people. We'll do the fun stuff first. We have two new patrons we want to thank. We want to yeah. thank both Aaron and Ashley. Hi, Erin and Ashley. Thank you for your support. Thank you and so thank much. thank you to all our patrons. Thank you to all your patrons. All but- my patrons. I, like- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My mouth is just going. I got to get into stuff that I've got notes for so that okay. maybe my brain will follow along here. My goodness. Let's all embark on a gross journey. Title of my sex tape. What the hell? God. <laughs> Gross. I want everybody to know I'm not just interrupting Devin because I'm being a pill. She also was concerned about the episode being too short. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Way to blame your, your Scorpioness on me. Yeah. Damn. I'm woman. a vampire squid. <laughs> Super vampire squid. Fuck. All right. All right. Set a scene. I will set a scene for you, my love. Thank you. The Olympic National Park in Washington holds many natural wonders. Of course, it's got rainforests, it has rare animals, and it also has Lake Crescent, which is the second deepest lake in Washington, not to be confused with Crescent Lake in Oregon. I'll try. This, (laughs) good luck. This is Lake Crescent. 
And what it's known for visually is that it's a brilliant shade of blue. It's absolutely gorgeously, spectacularly clear and very blue. And this is because there's no uh, nitrogen or there's very little nitrogen in the water. So algae doesn't bloom, algae doesn't grow. So you just have nothing but this beautiful, pure rainwater snow melt mixture. You know how when you're going down the stairs and you think there's another step and there isn't? Yeah. Or you don't think there's... That's how I felt when you said Lake Crescent seven times and then told me what it's known for visually is being blue. <laughs> Not being crescent-shaped? <laughs> I mean, it is, it is also crescent-shaped, but that's not I mean, we right. know people are bad at naming shit. <laughs> it's not that. Right. That is known. <laughs> that is known. For sure, that is known. It is also crescent-shaped, but it's known for being really pretty. Cool. <laughs> God damn it, I'm trying to set this spooky scene for you. I'll listen. No, you won't. No. No. Well, I told you it's known for being beautifully blue and clear, but there's another reason that Lake Crescent is known, and it is because the legend goes that Lake Crescent never gives up her dead. There have been several notable disappearances in and around the lake. Many of them have never been solved, but there's at least one corpse found in the lake that, because of why it's strange, is why they were able to solve who murdered this person. Ooh, okay, so murder victim, strange body, and the lake did give up her dead at least once, She gave but up. another mystery emerged. Another, okay. exactly. This is the story of the Lady of the Lake, who is the <gasps> soap lady of Lake Crescent. Yes. And I know you've heard of her before, and this was a story that I don't remember now who it was, but someone on Facebook messaged us a link. And it was the first time I'd heard about a soap lady being in the Pacific Northwest, but I think you had heard about her before. I think you maybe even put her on our giant master list of things to talk about. I think so, but I think that there are, there's more than one person who's been saponified. Yes. Yeah. And so this is, you're talking about the Crescent Lake one. I've actually seen a man who was turned into soap. Oh, you saw, Um, you saw the one at the Smithsonian? Yes, that must have been where I saw it. Go ahead. The, The two most famous soap people, there's a soap lady and a soap man, and they were both exhumed from a graveyard in Philadelphia in 1875. Yes. The soap lady from Philly is at the Mutter Museum, and the Soap Man is in the Smithsonian. Okay, that makes sense. Maybe that's what I saw. Yeah. So, well, then I guess we should talk, now that we're on the topic, we should talk about how you become a soap corpse, how you become a soap lady or man. And you just said the word, which is saponification. 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 And it is not the trendy new facial trend of 2019, whatever year we're in. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's this really rare, super fucking gross thing that dead bodies can do. And in this case, it happened because Lake Crescent is really fucking cold. So that stopped the decomposition of this lady's body. And then salts that were in the lake were able to penetrate the fatty tissues, which chemically Mm -hmm. alter the structure into basically ivory soap. 
Wow. Old school soap, and indeed a lot of soap, is just fat and what, lye? Yeah. And scent. So Mm -hmm. if you have a caustic chemical and an animal fat, you're most of the way there already. You're pretty much there. Like if you've seen Fight Club, you get this. Oh shit, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So this can happen to lots of different corpses. We've known about it. You know, Western culture has known about corpse wax or adiposere or Mm -hmm. the process of saponification since at least 1658 when medical journals were writing about finding what they called grave wax or corpse wax on certain Mm -hmm. bodies. Mm -hmm. Scientists didn't really know what it was until the invention of microscopes. But it's a thing that happens. And you yep. can you can get little bits. You can see it seeping out of parts of corpses. Or, in rare cases, you can have the entire body turned to soap. Which is what happened to that soap lady and soap man from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. There were those two brothers in... I don't remember if they were found in a Scottish peat bog in 1911 or if they were, like, killed in 1911. But anyway, they were found and had been turned to soap through that chemical process. And that's how folks then knew that their dad had killed them and not just that they had run off. Bodies are so strange that way. Uh. And and decomp is so strange that way where there are times when being in the desert will perfectly mummify you. And then there's other times where you're gone in two weeks or in the forest where you're in exactly the right combination of dry and low bacterial activity or whatever. And you linger forever or you're, you know, immediately scattered to the four winds. Yeah. Yeah. And the water is like that too. Cause like cold water is just a whole different ball game. I I mean, I, we, we treat the ocean like our great garbage dump as right. it is, but, I mean, burial at sea is a long-standing tradition. Mm-hmm. We kind of always trusted the sea's biological circle of life to kind of process any dead right. people that we put in there. But if the water's cold enough, there's nothing right. that's going to be able to do that. So, like, uh, the drowned forests of Lake Sammamish are the same, where yes. these are thousands of year old trees they've been down there for so long but they're not decomposing because they're just too cold they're too cold they're like (laughs) they're like me i'm gonna stay (laughs) young forever because i'm always freezing (laughs) okay so this lady was murdered though so who, who found the body and what happened there you are so good at giving me transitions because At first, they didn't know she was murdered. What happened was, it's July 6th, 1940, and these two brothers, Louis Rolf and poor man, in all the reports, they just say Louis Rolf and his brother. So the the brother never gets a name. But they were fishing on Lake Crescent. And it's in the afternoon, and they're near the shore, and they see this weird, large object floating near the shore, and... I guess because they're somehow related to me, they're like, cool, let's go investigate this thing. Mm -hmm. And what they find is two layers of gray striped blankets wrapping the body of a woman in a green dress. And she's, she's pale white, just absolutely whole body 
preserved other than her fingers and I guess some of her facial structure. Perhaps she'd been floating face up for a while and that hadn't preserved. Uh, regardless, she's she's pale white, completely saponified. And the brothers rush to the nearest place they can find that has people of power. They manage to get to the Washington State Trout Hatchery and find... Oh, God. I know, I know. Yeah, those guys are going to be on this. They, they're so on it. Well, they find Superintendent Immenroth, who apparently knows these boys, and he's like, yeah, right, guys, it's a fucking deer or something. Mm-hmm. But whatever, I'll go no, take no. a look. She's she's quite recognizable. She, and I mean, two yeah. blankets, a c- c- Ricky mistake. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Hi, can we just hold all the parts together? Yeah. I can tell you for free, none of those feet that are floating in the Salish Sea are from somebody <laughs> who was completely wrapped in two blankets. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know that anybody has thought about those feet as much as you can, or as much nope. as you have. So if anyone... <laughs> I, th- I think it's like a list of all the people who have found them, and then me. it's so gross it's so gross what you like to read about i just think about it all the time because apparently i think that my brain is like some kind of sherlock holmes super powerful computer and if i just feed it the same information enough times it's going to come up with something original and apparently i also treat my kid this way because i was telling lydia db cooper story again which she thought was just a myth and i explained no like this really happened this is real kid in in living memory and her theory is that he threw the money out as a decoy and then hid inside the airplane. Okay. Like, where nobody could find him and then came off much, much later. Yeah. I'm like, interesting theory. Okay. Solid, So I'm now, I'm now running on dual cores because I've got a five-year-old also trying to process these mysteries. But I don't think she's quite ready for detached feet. She's not ready for detached feet. She's not ready for soap people. Mm-mm. Okay, so they find this lady. Oh, and yeah. Like, That's probably a deer. No. Yeah. yeah. Em- Murderinos will tell you it's never a mannequin. It's never a mannequin. No, Emin Roth was not ready for this because he goes and looks and he's like, oh, fuck, that is a lady. And she's turned to soap. What the fuck? Cool. Cool. I wonder if there was anybody at that early stage who was like, who would make an entire bar of soap <laughs> that looks like a dead lady? Oh, my God. And then push it out into the lake. Oh, my God. In Because I don't know that you'd necessarily go, aha, that's soap. You would just be like, this is not good. This is not right. The Mm. texture is all off. Uh Uh-huh. There's a, so in in art classes, there's an artist we learned about, and I forget her name, but she made these life-size, I mean, she made casts of her her face and shoulders, and then she cast them in different things. She cast one in soap. She cast one in chocolate. Many different things and then invited people to kind of do things with them. So like one man bit her chocolate nose off or you could wet your hands and rub them on the bust of her face. I don't think you were supposed to, but people just decided these were then interactive. But anyway, Mm -hmm. we had to carve things out of soap (laughs) in an art unit. And I would run across this and just be like, oh, fuck yeah, someone else took Carl Richardson intro class. Nice. Yeah. They did a lot, but he must have really wanted that A. I carved a dog. (laughs) And I'm sorry if if this is a question that's like too gross or you don't know, but when a person saponifies, are they like a soft soap? Like like the bottom of a bar of soap that's been in a little puddle of water? Or are they really firm? It depends on the fat 
that turns okay. into soap, white soap or uh, white fat and brown fat, apparently right. saponified differently. And one is much softer and spongier than the other, but I forget which cause it grossed me out, Liz. Well, fair enough. That's yeah. enough of an answer to my question. Yeah. Everybody, what I want you to do right now is go get a bar of ivory soap, Irish spring. I don't care what it is, but get bar soap. That's like the white or or the opaque soap, not some glycerin clear bullshit that your mom puts in the bathroom to just look at, but guests only get to use it. <laughs> and put it in the microwave. Oh, God. See what happens. Is this a good advice? Yeah, yeah, it's great advice. I mean, watch it. Don't burn your house down. But soap reacts really weirdly in the microwave. That was something we were encouraged to do in art class. And then... See how that changes the structure of the soap. Can you carve it easier or harder? Does it stay the same size? Does microwaving shrink it or does it puff it up? Hmm, okay. That's interesting. And that is my way of deflecting from the fact that I don't remember which fat does what. Okay, so now two teenagers and a fish hatchery director have yeah. a soap corpse yeah exactly and they could they could be teenagers they could be men i'm not really sure what's going on with the rolf boys but the point is they've got a fish hatchery dude who has been like oh fuck now i'm the most important person at the scene of a crime i've got to figure this out poor i'll use all my training all my training (laughs) all of my training i know that she's not a salmon All right, so we've narrowed that down. Narrowed it down. Well, they find out. So she's got these two blankets. She's been tied in rope. She's wearing a green dress. Her fingertips are gone, whether they were never there or they've decomposed before the rest of her turn to soap. Her face isn't really recognizable. She does have some hair. She's got her teeth, so that's helpful. But they do the right thing, and they call the police and say, great, your job. Take it away, boys. (laughs) And the police are like, fuck, we got to identify her. So first they start looking for people who have gone missing in the vicinity. And one of them, they're like, well, maybe it's Marion Frances Steffens of Chicago, who was hiking or walking in the Olympic National Park in 1939. And she disappeared. And they say she was wearing a green dress at the time. So maybe it's her. Maybe it's that easy. Was she alone? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. What what they were able to do was rule her out because they knew that Marion had suffered a neck vertebra fracture earlier in her life, and the corpse that they found, the soap lady, had no fracture. All right. That's some solid as 1940s CSI shit. They did good, right? For not having mm-hmm. house or bones or the lady with the ugly yeah. pigtails. They're doing okay. It's a very different mystery than if they had just found a body. But now you need an explanation that involves her getting wrapped in several blankets and a rope. Oh, yeah. Now you know. Yeah. I mean, of course, I'm not really sure why they would have thought it was Marion other than like, oh, she stumbled into foul play. And then because mm-hmm. I would say that this is obvious someone who was murdered or who died and the person who found her dead was like, well, fuck, I don't want anyone to know she's dead. You know, keep collecting <laughs> her social security or Return from whence you came. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Rolls her in. Just done. Fortunately, the soap lady has her teeth. So Ooh. they turn to dental records, <laughs> which is where Liz, they struck gold. Oh. <laughs> because she had a six-tooth dental bridge made out of gold. 
Okay. And I don't know how the fuck they did this before, like, fax machines were invented, but they circulated photos of these gold teeth to 5,000 dentists across the nation. Wow. Maximum effort. That is a lot of effort for a 1941 found dead body, right? I'm impressed. But... Finally, in 1941, so it's 14 months after the soap lady was found, July 6th, 1940, a dentist in South Dakota gets a hold of this picture and he goes, hey, I know that bridge. I made that for Holly Illingworth, who, after she was in South Dakota for these teeth, she and her husband, Morty, went to live in the Port Townsend area. She became a waitress at the Lake Crescent Tavern. (gasps) Okay. Okay. So now we have a name. We have a person to put to this body. And we have a Morty to check up on. Illingworth. And we've got a Morty to check up on, which is, I'm sorry, his name is not Morty, it's Monty. I was very close. Monty. We have a Monty to check up on. Monty was known around Port Townsend and around the Lake Crescent area as being a nasty fucking drunk who beat his wife and also cheated on her frequently. Oh, fuck you very much, Monty. Fuck you very much, Monty, indeed. What investigators knew was that Hallie had last been seen by the folks she worked with at the Lake Crescent Tavern on December 22nd, 1937. She'd gone home after her shift to wait for her husband to come back home after a party in Port Townsend. And when investigators catch up with Monty and say, well, when was the last time you saw your wife? He goes, oh, around Christmas time in 1937, you know, she ran mm-hmm. off with some sailor from Alaska. And so I filed for divorce based on abandonment. And it was granted in 1938. And now I'm in California living my new life with my new wife. Mm-hmm. Not sure what happened to her. God, it's super sad that she just up and jilted me that way. Investigators charge him with murder. He's extradited from California to Washington to stand trial. And of course, Monty pleads innocent. You know, he says Mm -hmm. she up and left him. He never touched her. And they talk about, well, then why did you hate her so much? And he goes, well, I never hated her. And they go, okay, well, then why did you beat on her so much? And he's like, oh, I never did that. I wasn't abusive. She would hit me, actually. You know, maybe, maybe we physically fought together, but I... I got it just as good as I gave it, and I never would have killed her. But <laughs> wow, that that bar moved. That goalpost took a little journey, didn't it? And he, of course, goes from saying, "Oh, well, I saw her around Christmas time," to getting very specific to saying, "Well, I did see her on December twenty second, nineteen thirty seven, but again, I didn't kill her. Of course, I didn't kill her." Well. Have they figured out a mode of death at this point? Strangulation. Okay. Yes. The coroner was able to determine that she was beaten prior to being murdered, but that she was actually, the the cause of death was strangulation. Okay. And I told you she was tied up in those blankets with a rope. And it's Mm -hmm. the rope that ultimately is the smoking gun here. 
It, am I using that's that right? Like, the thing that points out the murderer? Yeah. 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 The rope is a smoking gun because apparently it was a type of rope that at that time was only sold by Sears and Roebuck. And mm-hmm. apparently it was specific enough to the Pacific Northwest or the West Coast. I'm unclear on that. But they know it was a type of rope that you could get over here. And Monty's employer which was a shipping company, a distribution company, they used it to tie up shipments. Hmm. So Monty had access to it. And Monty's manager was even able to say, oh, yeah, I gave Monty a quantity of that rope, which he was supposed to tie some furniture to his car with and then bring me back the rope. And I never got that rope back from him. Okay. So they convict him. He's sentenced to life in prison. But this isn't really a happy story because after nine years, he's paroled and then gets to go back home to California and live until his natural death in the 70s. Oh, okay. Bye, Monty. Bye, Monty. You're a dick and you didn't get your comeuppance. Wow. But so the saponification just preserved her so well? Preserved her so well. They were able to to see everything that had happened and identify it. Yep. They were able to determine she was murdered. They were able to figure out who it was. I mean, if she hadn't been saponified, if she decomposed, my thought is that the skeletal and dental remains would have sunk to the bottom of the lake. Right. And never been found again. Right. So the fact that she turned to soap which allowed her corpse to float and yeah. preserve everything all in one little contained unit was the reason why she was found. And then ultimately, I mean, it's not its not a one-for-one. One. It's not totally great, but he still had to serve nine years in prison for her murder. Mm-hmm. And at least her family knew what happened. What happened to her? Did they bury her? Huh. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, can I look real quick and see if I can find out? Of course you can. Oh, she's so pretty. Isn't she pretty? I know that doesn't yeah. make it any more tragic that she died, but we have a very nice photo of her. Yeah, it's not tragic when somebody dies and they are more or less attractive, but it is sad when somebody dies and there's no good pictures of them. And oh, you're like, yeah. Oh, Everybody who knew what you looked like when you were smiling is long gone. Is Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I die, everyone is going to know what a fucking fox I was because I made sure to photo document the shit out of that. <laughs> the lake never gives up its dead. Yes. What, what's the reputation around that? Why do they yes. say that? Because it's so deep? Well, it's so deep is one. There's that legend that many Pacific Northwest, probably just any lake anywhere... But in the Pacific Northwest, of course, we have many bottomless lake kind of legends. The Lake Crescent for forever was presumed to be bottomless. You know, they they tried doing sonar in the 1960s, but they got an error on the, the sonar report. And what they assumed, because the sonar stopped working after a thousand feet what they assumed was that the lake was deeper than a thousand feet so basically like it goes on for fucking ever it might as well be the ocean but more recent sonar like better equipment has shown that no the deepest part of the lake is 624 feet which is still 
really fucking deep, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, of course, because I wanted to know, well, what's the deepest lake in Washington State? I found out it was Lake Chelan, which, really? get, get this, dude, 1,400 feet. I wish I could visualize, like, lengths and depths and stuff. Right, right. I'm trying to figure out 1,400 feet is really fucking deep, but it's more than twice as deep as the second deepest lake. Like, what the fuck is going on there? If we're going to have a sea monster story in the Pacific Northwest, it shouldn't be in Ponderé. It should be in Lake fucking Chelan. Yeah. Uh, what things are 1,400 feet tall? There you go. That helps. Oh, okay. The World Trade Center. One World Trade Center was 1,400 feet. Good. Wow. God, that's high. Wow. No. Okay. I no, don't I like it. that at all as a depth. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, now let's find out what things are 600 feet oh, tall. Oh, yeah. The Empire State Building is 1,472 feet tall. Lake Chelan's deepest is 1,486 feet. It wow. is deeper than the Empire State Building is tall. And you were going to look up what 600 feet was. Yes, that's about how tall the Space Needle is. Holy fucking shit, that is a deep lake. Yes, yes it is. I am not into it. Okay, well, but 600 feet. We know it's got a terminal depth here, right? It doesn't doesn't go on forever. But it's also known for not giving up its dead because I guess Lake Crescent is just known for disappearances in the area. Whether it's related to the lake or not, if it is, people aren't finding bodies in the lake. It's kind of mm. one of those, like, if you go in it, you don't come back out. Wow. But what we do have is a more, I mean, it's happier because there's some resolution, I guess, and it wasn't the result of a murder, it was an accident. But there was this couple in 1929 who they'd left to go pick up a washing machine, and then their drive was going to take them past Lake Crescent, and they never returned home. So the two theories were that they just run off and left to, like, start a new life, I guess. With their washing machine? Yeah, with their brand new (laughs) washing machine. But they they had a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old son at home. So And family was like, no, they wouldn't have left their boys. So the thought was that they just took a turn too fast, too sharp, Mm -hmm. too whatever, plunged into the lake, and were never heard from again. But Mm. why I said this has some resolution is that It was like 2002, divers found a car that matched their description. And it was, it's weird, you know, because lakes, of course, have those shelves in them. You know, you you Mm kind of walk down and then all of a sudden you can have a drop off. And they'd found this car. I'm trying to remember this from an article I read a couple weeks ago. But it was several hundred feet from the edge of the road. So, like, you know, it... Went off the road, caught air, and then just kind of kept going through the water, right? Yeah. And they found it deeper than they expected. So anyway, they find this car in like 2002 and go, yeah, I bet that's them, but we're not positive. And some of the family, because so they had the two boys, What I mean, this is sad as fuck, like one in early middle age managed to drink himself to death, which I manage, imagine you would do if... You were orphaned at a young age. And the other one, he had a family. He had a couple of kids, but he, or at least one kid, but he died of a heart attack at a young age. 
Hmm. But there were surviving relatives, right? And some of the relatives were like, you know what? If they're down there, that's fine. Let them stay. You know, it looks like we found their car. We're pretty sure that it, this is what happened. We knew they never would have left the boys. And now we know that they didn't mean to. But then in 2004, there were some divers that were also in the area. And they found some bones. They found some, hmm. some people bits. And so they brought them up. And then using DNA analysis from the bones, we're able to match them to the man's family, I believe. So now it's conclusive that, yes, this couple that went missing in 1929 went into the lake and would never. I mean, it was just happenstance, just chance that we found their car. Yeah, it sounds like it went out really far. Yeah. And. Well, there's no seatbelts, I imagine. Oh, probably. And it's not, like, that safety glass. So probably as soon as there was an impact, the windshield's broken and they're free-floating. Yeah. That's rough, though. But, yeah, it did not... Nothing up until now would have ever been able to identify that family. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I wanted to tell you that I did find out where Hallie is. Oh, yeah. Uh, she is in Park Hill Cemetery. It looks like they put her in Ocean View Cemetery briefly and then brought her out for the trial. Yeah, they exhumed her for the trial. Uh, yeah, and then now she's at rest in Park Hill Cemetery in Vancouver. Oh, that's so good. I'm, I wonder yeah. why Vancouver. I thought I remembered her being from Seattle, from the Seattle area. Mm. So I guess Vancouver's not that far off, but... I'm always not. Yeah, I'm always yeah. curious why people end up at certain cemeteries if that's not where they were last from or where their current family is or Yeah, I wonder if it was like a not a family thing but maybe where like the state had resources to put her or Yeah, something. okay. That could work. Beyond the fact that just having your body saponify is beyond weird, also cool as fuck. I think what's really great about this particular instance of of saponification is that without her body turning to this, like, buoyant, floating, person-preserving material, her body probably never would have been found, and therefore Mm -mm. her people wouldn't have even known she was murdered, so there would have been no murder to solve. Yeah, and I don't know what forensic techniques they were using back then, but right. I imagine, like, strangulation, you kind of need that one part of the body. Oh, yeah. yeah. the throat or maybe the brain to see, like, blood vessels bursting and yeah. stuff. So if they had yeah. just found, you know, most of her body, but not the rest, they would have been out of luck. But not so, that wow. part. Yeah, and if they hadn't, if she hadn't been preserved and they didn't have, like, her neck, they never would have known it mm-hmm. wasn't that woman that they thought maybe... Could be, uh, what, I forget her name, I'm so sorry, Francis something or other, but. Yeah, and they, if they hadn't had her dental work. Yeah, if she um, hadn't saponified and been this, this one together unit Mm -hmm. that maintained the bones and the dental work and all of that together in one, like, packet that you can find and be like, whoop, here you go, police. All the evidence you would ever need right there. You can tell she was beaten. You can tell she was strangled. Her teeth are still a part of the whole package. So now you can go find a dentist who can identify this. Yeah. Without that, she never would have been 
given the small amount of justice that she was given. Yeah, and remind me, this was three years after the fact? Uh, three and a half? Four, three and a half, four. She went missing wow. or and presumed murdered Christmas 1937. Her dental records weren't identified until late 1941. So he definitely thought he was well in the clear. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. He's like, and I I looked it up. This is the lake that never gives up its death. Exactly. So I know. Before the what? internet, I <laughs> grabbed my Rand McNally Roadside mm-hmm. of America tourists book and went, aha, never gives up their dead. Isn't that convenient? It works for me. Yeah, except for when it does. Except for when it does, and it points the cold, icy finger of justice at your dumbass, Monty. The cold, soapy finger. Cold, soapy finger of justice. God, that's gross. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, like, you're not gonna argue your way out of that one. It's fucking gross. Fat turns to soap. We can have bodies that are giant dove bars. Not the chocolate dove bars. Dove soap bars. I guess for me, it's pretty much all... Uh, it's all a wash, no pun intended, mm-hmm. as to what's grosser, you know? Okay. Like, you dry up, or you rot, or you turn into soap, yeah. or you get... I mean, getting burned up, I guess, is a little tidier. That's tidier. Just in terms of less identifiable yeah. components. But yeah. it's, you know... Nothing that happens after you die is particularly dignified no. or no. appealing, and that's because of how we feel about death and how we, on some level, are always going to be repulsed by that. Right. But I, I guess I like the reminder that we're animals, you know? Because I bet this happens to animals sometimes, too, right? Oh, it's that got a, to, right? If they've got... A whale or an elk or, like, mm-hmm. an elk could fall into Crescent Lake and become saponified, mm-hmm. or... Oh, have you seen that amazing photo of... It's a sheep in a bog, I think, in Scotland. But it mm-hmm. kind of could be British Isles anywhere. But this sheep has fallen into a bog, and the... It's clear water, and the part of the sheep that's underwater, it's so cold that it's preserved the sheep, and the part of the sheep that's above water, it's just its spine, because everything has decayed that's above the freezing powers of this water. Oh, okay. So it's not quite like half in, half out, as I was visualizing. Uh, But yeah. No, just its weird little gross spine. The bog bodies are like that, too. Like, when they started to find the bog bodies, they thought they were contemporary murder victims. Because oh, yeah. Because they still had their skin and their hair. And yeah. They're very well preserved. Yeah. It's just when you're in an anaerobic environment. Yeah. The process of decomposition can't get quite the foothold that it would otherwise. Right. Huh. Right. That is just wild. I just got to say, dude, between that and, like, desiccation, if it comes down to it, and I can either be, like, a human-sized bar of Irish spring, or I can be a <laughs> giant stick of turkey jerky, I'm going jerky all the way. Hmm. Hmm. I'm interested by what I found when I was trying to figure out where she got buried, where it said she was basically, like, a statue. Uh-huh. So she didn't, 
shrink or bloat uh-uh. or anything. She just looked like she did when she was alive. Yeah. Three years later. Yeah. But a statue and she weighed about 50 pounds, which is wild. So like so much of her, I don't know, animating muscles and tendons i wonder what happens so your fat turns to soap but then is your skeleton still but in then there, yeah just right yeah or do the minerals leach out yeah how much does a skeleton weigh yeah because bog bo- about 35 pounds i think but bog bodies are weird because like their skin tans and their hair sticks around but like their muscles shrink way down okay so they they look very yeah they look like beef jerky yeah they I bit my tongue as I said that you did they look like beef jerky yeah they look like Sylvester the mummy right yeah not unlike Sylvester the mummy who yeah speaking of soap I am like working cautiously I have like a whole careful like thirteen steps to hell style pulley rig so I go into the the rabbit hole that is Soapy Smith. And then I reel myself out <laughs> and like have a power bar and drink some water. So like his day will come. Soapy Smith's day will We're come. But I'm there. trying not to really lose it. How heavy is a skeleton? You said 35 I pounds. Don't so let's see. I need to know that it varies. I give an <laughs> average. Oh, okay. This is for people who want to know how much of their weight that they have is skeleton oh my and god relax <laughs> oh my god it's fine <laughs> it's yeah i'm like two pounds of skeleton the rest is snickers <laughs> oh my god okay stop giving me percentages average weight of skeleton jesus google where are you today <laughs> Average skeleton <laughs> weight. Usually you read my mind so much better than no. this. No. Stop telling me it varies. Nope. Stop telling me in kilograms. Yeah. More like eight to ten pounds. Okay. No, my bones weigh more than that. Yeah. No, that's ridiculous. I don't like this. Seriously. Seriously. If you oh, Okay, up- but it says this one says A male who weighs 200 pounds has 30 pounds of weight in his bones. And I bet a lot of it depends, too, on, like, an alive person where they've got, like, marrow Marrow. and blood and water and all this kind of stuff versus if you, if that skeleton was out and dried out, then, yeah, that's going to be pretty light. Okay. Okay. Well, we all learned nothing today, and that's the important thing. That's the important thing. And now you know nothing. You're welcome. The less you know. The less you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, I'm off track. You're please, very off track. Please get us out of here, my friend. My friend, indeed. And my other friends who are listening to us, please keep listening to us by going mm-hmm. to Podbean or iTunes or YouTube. Fun. But you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Those are pretty reliable. Our website, WeJabrods.com, has got a lot of good stuff. Liz was talking about those guides that she's updating. We're going to have Good Boys as a guide happening here soon. Yes, I told Devin she needs to write it because they're almost all her episodes. All all, episodes. All the dogs. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, although I have a cat for you down the line. It's no an way. Alaskan cat. An mm-hmm. Alaskan cat? Okay, and you're going to tell me that I can't go searching for this, right? I can't. Can't go no, try to. You, you can't. You can't go Damn look. It. But yeah, 
we, if you're not, or if you want to share some of this with people who aren't going to listen to a show or you just want to find out a little bit about it, mm-hmm. right now what we've got is the Guide to Haunted Hotels. Mm-hmm. The Guide to Badass Women of the Northwest. Yes. The Guide to Bigfoot, because we've done that much coverage. We have. But also a separate guide to Northwestern cryptids and critters, which is a category I came up with just because there's some of them where you're like, well, if something's like probably was a real thing, but then a legend got it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to draw a thing. I'm not going to draw a line. No. I'm not the gatekeeper here. You are not not the the key master. (laughs) Uh, And then a weird Spokane one and a weird Seattle one. Liz is so good with the guides. Yes. Name Redacted, who came out to visit me last week, was very excited to see the garbage goat. And the garbage goat was on, and it was great. And then we went on the carousel, and then we went on the sky ride and got to go under the Monroe Street Bridge and stuff. God damn, you showed Name Redacted a really good week. Oh, yeah. And we went to Spokandy. Because when I did that giveaway a while ago, yeah. I sent her some of the um, the Spokandy soft mints, mm-hmm. and she's like, more! <laughs> <laughs> I had not been in there forever. It smells so good. It smells like chocolate. God. And they will sell you, a, like, a huge bag of their, like, random candies that didn't turn out quite yep. right or whatever for, like, ten bucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, guys. I'm like, this is my new favorite place. It's wonderful. Spokandy always makes me think of my grandparents because my grandparents, first of all, got hooked on Murphy's, which is a marshmallow center surrounded by chocolate that's been rolled in really fine coconut. And for someone hmm. who doesn't like coconut, like me, I fucking love me a Murphy's. Okay. But then they got hooked on Whips, which is a Murphy just without the coconut. And I'm not really sure when they got boring, but I guess that's part of maybe getting old. <laughs> anyway maybe they're just going minimalist they're like you know it. what keep it simple that's it Berta and Bob you are not boring you are just perfect in your simplicity for candy mm-hmm. choices but we always had to take them a big fucking box every time we visited the Midwest nice I'm definitely going there for Easter shopping so that's our you're going to the unsponsored Midwest unsponsored plug <laughs> no to Spokandy that's our unsponsored plug of the episode oh of Spokandy do it uh, just go in there and take all your money and give it to them. Yeah. And you won't regret it. Yeah, you won't regret it. You will also not regret if you give your money to us via Patreon. Yeah. yeah. Even a dollar helps us pay for our website hosting or for Etsy fees, which have now gone up, which is if you're looking for Ouija Broad's merchandise, you probably ain't going to find it on Wetsy. What you're probably going to do is find it on our website, because fuck you very much, Etsy, right did now. Did you just call it Wetsy I earlier? did, and I thought that you would keep your mouth shut and let me just nope. move through it, but of course I should have known better. I thought maybe it was a cool wordplay and you were criticizing them. They're all washed up, Liz. They're wet behind They're the ears. Wetsy. <laughs> wetsy. Yeah. Uh, hmm. What else? What else do we want to say? I don't know. End of the episode's fine. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, folks, we hope that you also, you decide how you want to do it. You can become soap. You can become not soap. But regardless, we hope that you live weird. Die weird. And stay weird. Thanks for listening. Thank you. <sighs> soap lady. Lady. <laughs>